Next on BYU Sports Nation, high praise for BYU quarterback Zach Wilson in week one of fall camp. How does that change your expectations for BYU this season? The sophomore quarterback discusses fall camp, his shoulder, and year two in a one-on-one with BYUSN. Plus a one-on-one with defensive backfield star Diane Gawoliku, why he's amped about his latest position change. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, August 5th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who likes to party with The Rock, Jerem Jordan. Now, by The Rock, we could mean Dwayne Johnson, right? Uh, And you and I saw Hobson Shaw on Friday night, we do have tickets for tomorrow as well. Of course we do. We go with some coworkers. Uh, TBD on that, uh, whether we still go or not, I know they want to go. They're very excited. I probably will see it again. We'll see. But what we mean is the Rock, the BYU Roar of the Cougars. The Rock passes are on sale as of one minute ago. A student can buy a pass for themselves and a guest pass, okay? Any Rock pass holder wearing the opposing team's colors, by the way, or gear, will be relocated to the top of the student section. Woo! I love that. 150 with football. That's a steal for That's the primary pass. That's what it was pass. when we were in school, basically. 80 with it. And I guess I never knew. I was lucky not to have to, in the media or whatever. But, it, yeah, 80 for the guest, I guess, without football. Hey, the primary go. pass, 80 without let's football. Let's go, yeah. That's cool. So The Rock, the Rock uh, has brought it a lot recently. Now, two years ago in 2017, no one brought it. The team, the rock, whatever. 18, better. 19, I expect it to be amazing. With the schedule that BYU has, please show up, show out. The rowdy, rowdy rock. Yeah, and if things don't go as planned in the first couple games, still show up because there's some great games to be had, and then you win those, you're right back in it. Here's today's show lineup. What a weekend for BYU athletics as a whole. Former BYU athletes. We'll get to more of that in just a moment. Zach Wilson, we're one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access from BYU Football Fall Camp. Why he thinks the offense shocked his coaches on day one of Fall Camp and how his confidence has grown in his shoulder and why he just thinks he's a better overall quarterback. Also, Diane Gawoliku, one-on-one with Jerem Jordan, discusses the depth BYU has in the defensive backfield and what his latest position change means for him and for the Cougars. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football fall camp practice number five today. During Friday's media availability, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes said Zach Wilson is, quote, way ahead of where he's been at any time he's been here, end quote. He continued to say this. He's so much further along in his overall knowledge of the game, knowledge of the offense, quickness in decision-making, and so I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him so far. Practice number five, Jerem, puts the team in full pads for the first time. Media availability with interviews and reactions on the BYU TV Sports Facebook Live page at 8.15 Eastern, 6.15 Mountain. Do not miss it. Mary Lake and Team USA clinch a spot in the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games after beating Argentina, Bulgaria, and Kazakhstan in the Olympic qualifying tournament last week in Louisiana. Team USA currently behind China and Serbia in the world rankings at number three. Will Mary Lake be on the Olympic squad? It's looking really good this summer. Former Cougar Zach Blair earns his first win on the Corn Ferry Tour this season at the Ellie Mae Classic. Good enough to earn him five more years 
of a PGA Tour card. Boom, baby. And a grand prize of $108,000. He finished the tournament at 17 under par. That tithing's easy to compute with that, right? Congratulations to Zach. And his his hair looks amazing. That's some sick flow, bro. And in double-A, Colton Shaver hit a three-run homer and a 5-1 Corpus Christi Hooks win over the Midland Rockhounds. Since being called up, Shaver has hit 11 homers in 31 games. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. You all just heard Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator for BYU, and his comments about his sophomore quarterback, Zach Wilson, during the headlines. So, Jerem, based on those comments, he's way ahead of schedule. He knows the offense better than he has at any point. It's not close. Are your expectations now higher for Zach Wilson? No. He's just getting there quicker than we thought. There being the start, the return, right, post-surgery. No, I expect uh, Zach Wilson to be improved. Do I expect him to be Max Hall 07 sophomore year? I don't know. That was a three. That was a, like a 3,500-yard year or something. That was wild, right? The schedules that Zach Wilson plays are different and, in my opinion, harder than what Max Hall played, even – even compared, like, oh nine, 9 you could probably compare to what BYU is playing now. They played, like, four or five ranked teams. It was really hard. I've discussed a few numbers that really stick out about Zach Wilson that showed us that the appetizer of his freshman year, starting seven games, perhaps could be a nice entree as a sophomore. And let's start with this. His pass efficiency number of 157, if qualified, would have been 13th in FBS. Now, Zach played one Power 5 team and one quality Group 5 team in Boise State. Uh, and then there's the second number, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zach Wilson averaged 8.7 yards per attempt last season. If qualified, would have been 11th in FBS. Okay, that gives you an idea of how explosive you are. So first efficiency, second explosive, and then third, his uh, duality as a runner. I think we act like Jaron Hall is this run- Zach Wilson's a runner too. He averaged 7.3 yards per rush on non-sack carries. So those three numbers tell me that Zach Wilson can be very efficient, he can uh, be explosive, and he can run. This is the ideal quarterback. Zach Wilson, I think, could be very good. Am, am I going to put him in the quarterback factory after this season? No. He's going to have a couple more years for us to determine his legacy. But those three numbers tell us he could be very good. Jeff Grimes is very calculated when he gives compliments and with what he says because he's a smart guy. He's an analytical guy. So for him to come right out and say, Zach Wilson is farther ahead in the offense than at any point when he's been here, and he's just – progressed farther than we expected him to be at this point is fantastic news for Zach and for all BYU fans. Again, Jeff Grimes is not the hype guy. He, he will never be the hype guy. I don't know. Did you see his mustache? He is not sideburns? the hype guy. <laughs> that said, I want to drink some of the blue Kool-Aid so bad off of this, but I'm like, what does it really mean? I mean, what does it really mean? And I'm like you, I go back to last season. I think, okay, 18 for 18 was incredible. But what was Zach Wilson's best win as a starting quarterback? He beat Hawaii. Yeah. Who wasn't that good? UMass. Yeah. He Did, beat almost Western listen, Michigan. The moral victories in Boise State and, and unfortunately Utah. But because right? of the way he played against those teams on that. the road, sure. it's like, ah. They, see, and the way he plays it determines what happens in the game, but it's not everything. It's not everything. Like, Boise State certainly had his freshman moment. He'll look back at that and go, yeah, that was on me. Guess what, though? He made a lot of plays to get BYU back in that game. What were they down, 14 nothing in the first or something? It was looking bad. It was looking really bad. 
it, again, it's just a hint. And I said if qualified, he didn't, he didn't have enough volume to qualify with those numbers. I think if he has the full volume of the seasons, the numbers will not be that high because of who BYU is playing. The Tennessee secondary is going to be tougher than, I don't know, you know, UMass's or whatever. Like, he's going to play a tougher uh, schedule. And if I'm Tanner Mangum, I'm like, can anyone grade me on a tough curve for the first <laughs> six last year, which were significantly tougher than the last seven? He hadn't beaten a Power 5 team, speaking of Tanner Mangum, until last season as a starter. As a starter, yeah. How about that? He was like 0-7 or something, 0-10. It, ba- it was bad. It was bad. Zach Wilson, ahead of schedule, and I try and qualify this with, Wins and losses. Okay, what does it mean? What do I expect? And I find myself leaning towards, okay, maybe the line in the regular season goes from seven wins to seven and a half for me. It's tough because what if the defense stinks and it's not up to Zach, right? What if, you know, there are major injuries in a certain area and it's like, that's just out of your control at this point. Like, tell me. When you hear these comments, you don't feel at least a little bit of a twinge of, hey, maybe you can win. Yeah. A game or two more. Yeah, sure. 2017 <laughs> happened. It scared me to death, right? But it all starts. We're all very, very cautious because of 2017. Yeah, I, yeah. We're all uh, <laughs> hyper. But it all starts with Utah, baby. That it does. Countdown to the youths. 24 days. Whoa, what happened? Whoa, you okay? I, Should we do it again? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I, I, I had something in my throat and it. I, the sound just didn't come Countdown out. Countdown to the youths. That's better. There we go. I took a breath, and I was like, I'm speechless. Don't you dare breathe. I am speechless. How dare you? Topic two. Jeff Grimes was also asked about the running backs and said this. Last year we played running back by committee because we had to. We didn't have a lot of other options because we had so many injuries. Um, This year we might do it because we have so many options, not because we have to. Okay. Is that the best option for BYU? Running back by committee. Sure. I mean, if BYU doesn't have to do it by choice, then clearly they think it is the best option. Why not? Fresh legs on the field all the time. I know there's continuity with the offense, but it all comes down to the quarterback. And BYU fans trust Zach Wilson. The coaches trust Zach Wilson. I, for that matter, trust Zach Wilson to just keep the offense fluid and rolling, regardless of who the running back is behind him. And quite frankly, I think it's a nice change of pace to have different guys back there. Lopini Katoa is the scat back, quick, nice pass catcher out of the backfield, has worked a lot on his quickness, always going to be in the right place. Tyson Williams is a different type of running back. He can run around you, and he can run through you, it would seem. So different types of running backs. And I hesitate to do this, but just in terms of – Then don't do it. Just in terms of the difference of the (laughs) style of running back that they are – it's kind of like, again, this is kind what, what, what of like are you doing? Ronnie Jenkins and Brian McKenzie, that style. Brian McKenzie was more of a forceful, powerful back. Yeah. Could stop on a dime. Tyson Williams, more like that style of runner. Yeah. Ronnie Jenkins, super fast. Ronnie Lopini Jenkins is not man, as, dude. Is not NFL as fast as Ronnie. Returner. I know, not yeah. as fast as Ronnie. Yeah. But he's that type of mix-up. Okay. okay. They're just different running backs, so yeah. I like the change. I don't know how much Emmanuel Supa is going to factor into this. Again, health is everything. And I know the coach is like, uh, we need five deep. A.J. Stewart, the running back coach, is like, deep. we need five running backs that are ready to go in game number one. He said that. Right. That's not what you actually play. 
But, but yeah, yeah. I hope BYU, for their sake, it doesn't get to a Tyler Algier situation. Where he's playing. Where he's starting. Okay, all out last year with Matt Hadley. Like, I don't want that for BYU. I do like the change of pace. Hopefully, playing a bunch of guys can keep legs fresh and keep them healthy. Uh, I don't know. Is it the best option for BYU? Um, you only do, uh, you only have a committee if an individual isn't em- emerged as the one, right? Um, if you think that the group is better off as a group as opposed to, well, this is our main guy and then this guy, that's why you do that. If there was a clear number one, they would say, this is our number one back. I think it's a little early to know the answer to that, though. Tyson Williams has had four practices with BYU. Um, from what we've seen and what we've heard, he is a difference maker. He is a good player. Lopini Katoa continues to grow. It, Emmanuel Supa, like you said, TBD, we're excited about the possibility there. I thought Tyler Algier looked good when used last year. Kavika Fonua was going to be the number five there. They moved him to middle linebacker. I think in the first four games, BYU is probably going to need multiple guys. You're going to just get beat up a little bit, right? Those are tougher teams. Those are bigger dudes, bigger, stronger, faster. Um, after that, I think at some point you, you get a guy that emerges. And and you go to the hot hand, too. Like, you don't – in a game, if a guy's feeling it and BYU's in a rhythm, you go with that guy. If it's Emmanuel Supa, boom, you go with the Supa, whatever. BYU's found success with both options, having a guy. Jamal Williams was the guy. Harvey Umas because he was, was good enough. The guy. Yes. Luke Staley was clearly the guy. But there have been scenarios where Fuiva Kapuna and Manase Tonga and JJ Di Luigi and Brian Correa at Tyler. I mean, there have been guys that have done things in a stable as well. And BYU's had successful seasons like that. So I don't know that there is, oh, you have to have one guy or you're done. It's not going to happen. Like, oh, you no, can be successful a with Sith-like approach. a couple of guys, right? Yeah. Extremes. Yes, extremes. It's okay. Yeah. No, there's moderation in all things, including uh, running back carries, right? Yeah. But if what if Katoa and Williams are the guys? Is that a committee? I would argue no. It's just two guys. And I'm okay with that, a la McKenzie and Jenkins. Yeah. But Did if you, you care if were one... committees, I, I, in singles wards at BYU, I was always yeah. on a bunch of committees. The activities like, what am I, committee. What am I doing? I don't need to be on all these. Can I just have one thing I do? I mean, does anybody care if BYU rushes for a combined 1,600 yards and it's two guys doing it or even three? No. You shouldn't care. Well, that one person on Cougar Board probably does. You should not care. It's Jeff Grimes Day on BYU Sports Nation, apparently. Yeah, every day. He continued with his comments and said the following about the offensive line and improvements he's hoping to see them make. I want to see them become the, the toughest guys on the offense, and um, I don't know if they are that yet or not. Uh, today was our first day in pads, so I'm going to have to watch film. Then we'll evaluate that. Um, but that's the first thing. They need to lead our offense in terms of toughness and grit. And uh, Coach Mateos is certainly doing all the right things in terms of building that, that culture and that identity. And I think they're certainly willing. Um, but I know we got a lot of work to do, too. Topic three, question three in what's trending, Jerem, with Jeff Grimes' critical commentary about the offensive line. And we think it's the deepest group on the BYU football team. Is this a big issue? Now, we've set something special up. Uh, let's actually go live to the indoor practice facility where the offense is, uh, offensive line is standing by. Guys, what's your reaction to that sound, bud? Oh, 
not okay. scared. I, I think they're fired up about it. Okay. Yeah, I think they're ready. I think uh, Jeff Grimes is trying to light a fire under these guys publicly. Obviously, you can say it in the room and be direct, right? You can also say it indirectly through the media and uh, kind of send this message that you haven't earned anything yet. Um, and we are expecting good things from this offensive line. But Jeff Grimes is an O-line guy. If he knows anything, it's O-line. And he is trying to get his guys motivated and fired up. Perhaps they haven't been what he's wanted to start. Guess what? It's early. That's fine. We're 24 days away. We've got three and a half weeks. But I like what BYU returns. You've got seven or eight guys that have started. You've got uh, you know, four returning starters and three, other, three or four others. You've, you've got some young, talented uh, hogs in here. I really, really like this group. Now, aside from expectations for Zach Wilson, which are always high because, shocker, it's BYU and he's the quarterback. And he just went 18 for 18 in his last start. He okay. didn't help the expectations. No, he did not help the expectations. Aside from that, I think we have the highest expectations for the BYU offensive line. Yes, and it's harder to quantify offensive line play. There aren't readily available, understandable stats about how good an O-line is. We're seeing these grades come out from Pro Football Focus. We'll get to one, another one about Brady Christensen later. But it's, it's hard to know, hey, they're really good or not. But it's like, hey, BYU played pretty well on yeah. offense down the stretch, and they return a lot of those guys. You've seen some dudes on the national radar. You have a freshman All-American in James Empey. You have the pro football focus spotlight, Brady Christensen, who number graded out Number two left as, tackle in the country. Yes, number two left number tackle in the country. Number one center, right? For number two center for MP. Like, Crazy. What? Right? Really high numbers. Trist- what about the other three? Tristan Hodge is uh, nothing to scoff at. I think he could uh, fight a bear and maybe win with his bare hands. Yeah. I, I want to – well, I don't want to see that. That would be dangerous. Tristan but, Hodge yeah. wants to be a pro football player, and I think he's got a great shot to be a pro football player. He was player. the number one center coming yeah. out of high school. Yeah. In the country. So this is – Jeff Grimes, I'm with you, calling out the offensive line. Hey, step it up. Like, we expect a lot from you. Now go and show us. Go yes. and show us. Yes. I'm not concerned about this right now. And some of the, um, some of the T-shirts we're seeing from the team are, like, you know, bold. That's, that's one of the words they're using, like, bold. Like, shock the world. Let's do something yeah. crazy, right? And it's going to start in the trenches. Like, if the BYU O-line and D-line don't play very well, it's not. It's BYU's going to a bowl game, but not much, right? If but if the lines are good, if the O line is good and they can protect Zach Wilson, establish the run, have a good pass game, now BYU's got a chance to do something on offense they haven't done the last couple of years because the quarterback play wasn't good enough, yeah. right? When you have a good quarterback, magical things happen, and I think BYU's got a kid. And he turned, did he turn 20 on Saturday? He or turned was 20. Happy He'd, birthday, Zach. Same birthday as Tom, Tom Brady, Brady, by the way. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Um, yeah, I'm excited. The O-line's got to bring it, though. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out about just how good the BYU offensive line is in a hurry when you open up against maybe the toughest defense in the Pac-12, Utah. And if it's not Utah, it's probably Washington. So BYU plays, on paper, the toughest two defenses in the entire Pac-12. And then you get SEC country on the road against Tennessee. And then you bring in USC to Provo. Okay, I, I did have a dream over the weekend that BYU beat Utah. Did you really? Utah missed a field goal that would have won it. Is it? Well, it was a positive dream. That's I the, know. Yeah. Dream catchers only allow positive dreams to come through. This is very far away from my home. <laughs> I, this, this, the is, dream this was catcher. several miles away. It's already working yeah. for Jerem Jordan. Yeah. I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream. Our question of the day. Speaking of expectations, are your expectations now higher for BYU sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson based on Jeff Grimes' comments? Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the voice of the nation 
on BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag BYUSN if you want to join at CL underscore living on Twitter. No, not higher than before. I'm sort of scared that my expectations are already too high. Win or lose in the future, I have to admire the work Zach has put into the game. Yeah, no, he's put in uh, great work, and hopefully it uh, yields really good results. That'd be at least two and two, right? Oh, <laughs> two and two in the first four, and then all of a sudden BYU's thinking about nine wins this season. Oh, snap. Oh, my goodness. Coming up is Dying Gun. We'll look at a corner or a safety. He tells us in a one-on-one. Plus, Zach Wilson, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access from BYU Football Fall Camp. He's on a pitch count. What in the world does that mean? And why does he think he's a better quarterback, even if his shoulder's not 100%? This is BYU Sports Nation. Great. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight's fall camp practice number five, the first full day of pads, will be live after practice on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page with interviews and a recap at about 8.15 Eastern. But you never know, Friday they ended a little early. I would just hang out and look for us to go live around 8 Eastern. It'll be worth it. You'll find out some things. You'll learn some good stuff. If it's not worth it, you'll get your money back. Okay. That you didn't spend. <laughs> Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. This is the portion of the show where we begin our one-on-one interviews, BYU Sports Nation All Access, and Zach Wilson, the sophomore quarterback, spoke with me after Friday's practice about a myriad of things, including the current status of his shoulder, why he felt like he shocked the coaches in day one, and what it all means if he's ahead in the offense and why he thinks he's a better quarterback despite the shoulder surgery recovery. One-on-one, Zach Wilson. Here we go. Zach, as you wrap up the end of week one of BYU football fall camp, training camp, whatever you want to call it, um, how would you sum up the first few days overall on the offensive side? I would say we hit practice like we never ended from last season. Um, It was really... It was a really, it was a really cool thing to see our very first day, how the guys responded, how the line came out and played, how well the guys knew the offense. You know, you could tell people really put in that work from the off season. I think even the coaches were a little shocked coming out on the first day, like, like whoa, like this, this looks good, like this offense looks solid. Um, I know they were expecting mistakes, and I know they weren't expect, expecting us to be perfect, but um, I definitely think we shocked them a little bit. Um, you know, so the first week was solid, but so much to build on too. So video is put out there of you hooking up with Levy Hifo for 70 yards very early in day one. Uh, walk us through that play and what happened and what that was like to, to open things up with a big play like that. Yeah, well, uh, we tagged a quick seam route for Leva, and um, I saw they were playing like their quarters man coverage, and Leva's one-on-one with an, an off safety, and he's going to be putting a move on someone that has, has cushion. And so, you know, instantly in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, can I throw it this far? And Leva's like, can he throw it this far? <laughs> and so, you know, you get in that situation where you just start to react and the, and the game flow comes. And um, it was actually pretty effortless. And um, he ran an amazing route. The line protected so great. Um, made my job easy. I mean, he was wide open. What does that do for you when you're trying to figure things out with your arm and your right shoulder? Because it is this process to get back to 100%, whatever that is. So when that happens... What does that do for you as a football player? No, it brings a lot of confidence. I, uh, I was anxious to see how fall camp would be. Um, I know what it's like to throw thinking about my arm, but you, you come out here and you start to realize in team sessions you're not thinking about your arm, you're reacting. Um, something pops open, you're ready to throw it. Whether your arm is healthy or not, you're going to throw it 100%. And so 
um, it was cool because I'm, I'm progressing really well. Um, just in three days is like night and day difference from last week, and so I'm super happy with that. Obviously, the pinch, the pitch count and stuff still has to be on, and we're trying to, you know, build that endurance because uh, you know six days straight, especially going into the next few weeks, is hard. It's hard on any quarterback whether you had you know surgery or not, and so um, whether I feel good or not, we're still going to take it slow and work into it. I'm just excited for this year. I know you're a competitor, and so to be on a pitch count, how do you manage that when you're like, I need to be taking more reps? Like, how, how do you deal with that mentally? I kind of pick and choose. Um, we'll do routes on air, and I'll choose the guys I kind of want to throw to, and I'll you know, give the rest the reps to other guys, one-on-ones. I'll kind of take the guys I want to throw to, the things I want to work on. So I'm trying to look at, I'm looking for more quality over quantity right now. Um, I know, hey, I'm going to be throwing to Bushman. I'm going to be throwing to Oleva. I want to work, to, I want to work with those guys um, in, certain, in certain routes, and then I want to save enough reps to where I can hit every team session. I don't want to miss out on the team session because I think that's where the most reaction and you know fluidness of being a quarterback comes. Um, so much of you know even even Skelly at times, uh, you're thinking you're thinking too much. But when you get in that game time situation, that's what I need the most. So I'm trying to keep most of my reps there. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson with us from BYU football fall camp. I know you said that adrenaline kicks in and plays a factor in this too when you're trying to come back from your arm injury, and adrenaline carried you through when your arm was injured last year. So what does the adrenaline do for you through the first few days of camp? You know, it played a huge part. Um, warming up, I'm like, shoot, these, some of these throws don't feel great, these don't feel great. But once you get out there and you throw some of those team throws, um, you start to surprise yourself. Um, I'll throw a field go when, you know, if we just line up field goes, I can't really throw field goes, but in team I can throw a field go. I don't know how, but it just ends up working out that way. <laughs> okay, now, does this concern your coaches and your trainers, or is this an okay thing? Is this, is this part of the process? No, so, this is part, so actually it, it's better than what's expected. Um, talking to John, talking to guys in the past that had these things, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, um, they went into training camp barely being able to throw the mediocre small stuff and you know you're going to have those small pains those small you know you haven't thrown for seven months all those muscles are shut down and tight um you're reteaching them how to work and so um you know i think i've surprised myself um with the throws i'm able to make um obviously i want the velocity to get better but it's you can tell in three days it's gotten better um you know so i'm looking for weeks ahead um you know a, a great recovery um i know in the long run it would definitely be better for sure now i know you said to me last week that just because of what situation you were dealing with late last year and you needed surgery and even though you had to sit out a few months and you, you haven't been making throws for six or seven months you still feel like a better quarterback yeah. why why is that why do you feel like a better overall quarterback even though you've had to rest your arm significantly yeah i almost look at it like it's a blessing in disguise um when you can't have one thing, you start to strengthen something else. So I really try to take my mental game to a whole nother level. Luckily, I had that game time experience, and I, I knew the feel of the game and, and the things that I wanted to react and play with. And so, you know, I'm trying to take it to the next step. And, and then you come out here and you, you mix it with live reps. You start to put what you had in your head and what you had on the film um, onto the field, and you start to try and mess around with things and, and um, bring things together. So. So with Aaron Roderick, he has talked about how you're blowing up his phone. Release points, um, coverages, different things that go into becoming a great quarterback. Uh, is he number one on your speed dial right now? Yeah, he is for sure. I mean, I, I want to I reach out to also Coach Grimes and, you know, Coach, Coach, uh, Coach Kalani and talk to those guys. But, you know, Coach Roderick's our, our quarterback coach, and I know, you know, 
what he sees is what I see, and I know I know the connection between the two is so big. So, you know, talking to you know past quarterbacks that have been here, NFL guys that I've been hanging out with in the last month is, you really got to have that communication with them. Is you got to see their eye, you got to see through their eyes, and, and you know everything I'm doing, they got to expect me to do the same. And so, um, I think that's huge. Um, that was one of my biggest pushes this off season is, you know, I want to throw things at him and and let him decide on what he thinks is best. And you know, I hope I'm not annoying at all, but um, I don't think it hurts. I think they like it that you know I'm engaged and I want to reach out and, and uh, you know, help this team win. As long as these aren't like 3 a.m. techs, it's okay, right? Yeah, sometimes they are. <laughs> okay. And apparently it's, hey, if it works, it works, right? Now, I've talked to a couple of the coaches, and they're talking about you becoming a quarterback that can throw people open, whether it's Gunnar Romney or it's a Levy Hippo or a Matt Bushman, where you're not reacting so much, you're just anticipating. You're almost becoming a surgeon on the field. What, what's the key to making that step where you throw guys open? Yeah, another thing with the shoulder is it's a, it's a blessing in disguise, right? I can't throw some of these things on a line, so my anticipation has to be times two from everybody else. I mean, even if a ball's lobbed, as long as it's getting there before anybody else is breaking on it, then, you know, it's a job well done. So um, that's one of my biggest pushes. I'm, I, I'm speeding up my footwork a little bit. I'm trying to throw routes um, based on coverages and not so much how the route's going to open up, and, and no guys are going to get there. Now, as you approach week two, I mean, what, what's the biggest question mark that still remains with this team? Um, I know everyone's got a question mark on us, how we're going to do. Um, I, think it's a, I, think, I think we're going to shock a lot of people. Um, of course, I'm going to say that just because I really believe and I have confidence in this team that we have an amazing ability. Um, obviously, our, our O-line looks awesome out here. We have an amazing run attack. Some of our new backs look awesome. Um, and receivers just... You know, the difference now is people just know what they're doing. I mean, guys know when to sit in holes and how they're going to stack routes, how they're going to climb. And and so everything is just fitting together. It's like like those struggles you hear about when you have a first-year offense. And so we're definitely looking more like a veteran offense now. Zach, it's great to catch up with you, man. We appreciate the time as always. And uh, whatever the pitch count is, uh, good luck with that. And right now, I don't know, maybe we should declare you 92.71% healthy. Is, is that okay? I don't know what the percentage is. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I kid, I kid. All right, man. Great to talk Thanks. to you. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Zach Wilson, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All Access. Now guys know what they're doing in terms of the receivers. That's a telling I'm, comment. I, I'm assuming that they knew what they were doing. They just didn't do it as well as they could do it. You know, I'm not going to hammer them too hard on that. But when, when you hear that, you think, wait, did they not know what they're doing? But that's just one part of the just conversation. Just overall understanding of the yeah, offense. He's surprised himself with some of the throws. Now, my, my uh, two sides of that, oh, sweet. Had a schedule like we've heard. This is great. The other side is there's 24 days. Like, it's all good. I hope you surprise yourself and everyone on August 29th as well, right? Uh, marathon, not a sprint. More than one game to the season, although it feels like there's only one game this season. It feels like there's only one game this season. It's bigger than you know, one game. It is, but is it, right? <laughs> like, if BYU wins that game, the next week is a uh, bye week. <laughs> hopefully, Emotionally? Ho- hopefully, BYU ramps up. bye week, right? Yeah, hopefully BYU ramps <laughs> it up. But I, I'm telling you, if BYU beats Utah... It's going to get crazy. From a fan perspective. It's going to get nuts. There is some truth to that. Like, so much emotion expended in becoming the ultimate buzzkill for Utah football. Oh, my God. Who, over the weekend, a few of their players said, we feel like this is probably the best Utah team ever. Which I was like, oh, boy. Because a, oh. a lot of those guys have context of 0-4 and 0 uh, 
You, you finished ranked number two in 2008 and crushed Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. You sure you want to say that you're better than that team? It's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> Have they turned into BYU? I don't know. Maybe. Preseason rhetoric? Maybe. Preseason champs? Preseason Pac-12 champs, Utah? What? It, it just expectations are a funny thing. So We yes, used to do that, and then 2017 happened. If BYU becomes the ultimate buzzkill, then for the fans, the game against Tennessee is kind of like, uh, hey, whatever, man. An emotional as, as bye as, week. As soon as BYU beats Utah, it's like, oh, could we go undefeated? Get out of here. Coming up, which position does Don Gonwoloku think he plays better, corner or say, ooh? And based on Jeff Grimes' comments, because it's Jeff Grimes' day on BYU Sports Nation, are your expectations now higher for Zach Wilson? Why or why not? More of your answers. This is BYU Sports Nation. Can you take me higher? Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We roll on on Jeff Grimes' day. (laughs) Unofficially that day. Whatever. He just said a lot of good things. And he has the killer mustache for sure. Uh, Let's keep it rolling with today's headlines. BYU football fall camp practice number five today, <laughs> which means pads. And during Friday's media availability, the offensive coordinator, Mr. Grimes, said of Zach Wilson, quote, he's way ahead of where he's been at any time he's been here, end quote. He also said this. He's so much further along in his overall knowledge of the game, knowledge of the offense, quickness in decision making. And so I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him so far. Again, team in full pads for the first time this fall camp. Media availability with interviews and reactions on the BYU TV Sports Facebook Live at 8.15 p.m. Hello. Mary Lake and Team USA Volleyball clinched their spot in the 2020 Tokyo Summer Olympic Games after beating Argentina, Bulgaria, and Kazakhstan in the Olympic qualifying tournament last week in Louisiana. Team USA sits behind China and Serbia. The world rankings at numero trace. Shout out to former Cougar Zach Blair who wins on the Corn Ferry Tour for the first time this season at the Ellie Mae Classic. Ellie Mae? so doing, has five more years on the PGA Tour now. That's awesome. Uh-huh. He won a grand prize of $108,000 for his victory. He finished the tournament at 1700 Congratulations to Zach. Over under 12 and a half Ellie Mays that live in Utah County. We'll discuss later. And in double-A, Colton Shaver hit a three-run homer in a 5-1 Corpus Christi Hooks win over the Midland Rockhounds. That's a huge rivalry. I don't know. Since being called up, Shaver has hit 11 home runs in 31 games. Will we see Colton Shaver in AAA at some point this year? Hey, and Next it a, year. It was please. a bomb. Did you watch it? No. It was a bomb. Like, way out. Mm. Good for awesome. him. 11 home runs. Great. Keep it up, Colton Shaver. By the way, you bring up Ellie May. Yeah. I just think of the Beverly Hillbillies every time I hear that name. It means hey. hello. <laughs> Cousin Jethro and Ellie May. <laughs> Our question of the day. Are we ever going to air that on BYU TV at some point? <laughs> the Beverly Hills. Will, will that be on BYU TV? <laughs> I can think of a certain scene which I just referenced, which won't make it into the uh, on-air cut. <laughs> we, show, we show a lot of uh, these cool rears, right? Granny, yeah, yeah. Granny yeah. on the back of the truck, a uh, runner into a tree. Yeah, super fun. <laughs> we should have done it the day before we played West Virginia Ridiculous. in 2016. West Virginia. That would have been awesome. Our question of the day, are your expectations 
now higher for Zach Wilson based on Jeff Grimes' comments, which we just played for you again, at Jesse J. Cottom Answers on Instagram. Yes, sir. He sounds like he's been preparing all summer for a successful season. Hashtag beat Utah. Okay. He has been. And there's been real motivation stemmed from the result. And not the fact that BYU wasn't better than Utah because BYU just didn't finish the game, right? Uh, yeah, finished the game and the streak was over and now the rhetoric's different. But here we go. Coming up, ESPN puts out a poll of preseason rankings. Which opponents were on it? What? Another preseason poll, Jerem? A power ranking poll. Yes. BYU's not on it, sorry. Plus, BYU cornerback Diane Gawalaku on why he likes to make friends with the receivers mm-hmm. he's covering. He's got that Northridge toughness, Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Dan- Danny Coates, Jace McCormick. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, the favorite piece of swag players got last week on Equipment Day. Watch the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube tonight. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy, you had the distinct privilege and honor of interviewing one of Northridge High School's finest, mm-hmm. representing Layton, Utah, Yep, Diane Gawolaku, the He's in artist, my top three. Formerly known as Diane Lake. He's in your top three of, of favorite Northridge. Northridge athletes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. I know there's some bitterness there because based on what happened to your high school against my high no, school. No, no. <laughs> no, there's no bitterness. I understood what was going to happen. 70 points from Daniel Coates and Jace McCormick and the guys, it the happens. defending champs. They went B2B against Skyline. That back, impressive. Two back, two back, three in a row. What? Three in a row? Skyline. There you go. The three-peat. Wouldn't it be nice That's for awesome. BYU to have a three-peat of some sort? <laughs> That's not about UMass. <laughs> Beat UMass. I'm still waiting for that T-shirt, by the way. Diane Gawoliku, one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. Why did he switch positions? Here we go. All right, Diane, a couple days into camp. How are you feeling right now? I feel great. Alive at 25. I'm just kidding. I just turned 21 <laughs> or 22 yesterday. Happy birthday. Appreciate it. I was like, you're not 25. No Taysom Hill thing here. Right? Oh, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. Shout out to Taysom, though. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been watching the videos from the Saints of uh, him competing with Drew Brees after practice? Oh, yeah. Taysom's a man. I'm like, he can, I'm like, he can do anything. Playing basketball out there, too. I was like, that's crazy. His versatility is impressive. Yours is impressive. Uh, not only in the secondary. We'll talk about that in a moment. But you scored a touchdown in the Potato Bowl. Are you asking for more offensive snaps this year? I'm low-key in, you know. I always want the ball, but they got Tyson, Emmanuel, all the running backs there. So they went from, like, barely any running backs to a lot. So it was like I'm the, like, eighth string now. So, you know, I can't – I'm not even sure if I'm going to get the ball or not. Before they came, was there any conversation there, any desire there to get a few reps on offense? Uh, Coach Stewart, like, messed around with me, like, hey, we need a running back. But I'm like, bro, you know, I'm defense, but mm-hmm. – I don't know. They talked to me about it, but I never switched over. I'm always going to be on defense. That's that, where I'm at. that option's always there, like the potato bowl, right? Yeah, always there. Okay. Just don't tell no one's secret. Secret yeah. play. Well, the secret got out in the game, but yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure. Okay, in the secondary, you, be, you were originally a corner. You moved to safety. Are you back at corner now? I am. Like, I miss my safety brothers, but corner's fun. That's where the physicality's at, and I, I love it. Who started the conversation to make that switch? Was it you? Was it the coaches? It was always kind of like floating even when I was at safety. Like, sometimes they need me back at corner. Like, all season last year I played safety. The last game with the bowl game, I played corner for the first time the whole year. So it's always been there. Just mutual decision, move back to corner. Do you have a preference, one you think you do better, one you like more? I feel like I'm a better corner, to be honest. Like, safety's tough for me. Like, I could make some plays there, but it wasn't what I wanted, like – 
So corners for me, best for me, I feel like. What is it about that position that you feel like you do really well? Talk trash. <laughs> is that the number one thing you need to do as a corner? Oh, yeah. You got to get in the receiver's head, and that's what I'm good at. So just get in the receiver's head. Even when I'm tired, I am still I find a way to talk trash and get in their heads. And I like the physicality right up facing one-on-one up on them like that. And so playing back of safety is boring. I'm just chilling looking at them like, dang, I wish I could talk trash to them right now. But that's the fun of it. The corners were quietly really good. I'm not sure a lot of people even knew their name, which is, I think, a good thing as a corner, right? You don't notice them, right? Um, but tell us a little bit about this group that does return a lot of guys that played last year. Yeah, they had, like, last year they were young, obviously, and they had to mature fast, and Guilford just threw them in there whenever. Like, they could rotate. We had Keenan Ellis playing. We had uh, Isaiah Heron, D'Lo. So they all went in there freshman sophomore and did did their thing they weren't scared and that's the thing you got to have you have a have a swagger as a corner and just like feel like you're the best on the field and they did that it can get lonely out there right oh yeah for sure that's why you got to make friends with the receiver you either make friends with them <laughs> and talk to receivers all game or you're just fighting all game but either way you made a, you made a friend you're talking to someone yep, you got to talk to somebody tell us about the safeties uh now that you're not in that group i guess uh who's in the mix there with austin lee and troy warner so it's like Troy, Austin Lee, we got Bo Tanner moved back over there, and he's been doing I, I thought he had left the team, but now he was yeah, back. He's back. Yeah. And then you see him, he was making some plays out here too. Oh, that's my dude. We call him White Lightning. He's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Bo Tanner's back there. Uh, we got Sawyer Powell. They're all there. So, like, they're, good. they're a good group of seniors, and I feel like they're going to lead the safety group pretty well. For a basketball player in the offseason, it's always like, okay, what are you adding to your arsenal offensively? What move are you working on or whatnot? For a football player like yourself, what is it in the offseason that you specify that you want to do better? Um, just like like footwork drills and just mobility pretty much. Just like make, being able to move your hips. Obviously, like you got to have flexible hips or you can't play DB. Like You see some DBs out there just stiff. But you just want to be flexible. So I have to start trying to take yoga. Even that's my wife, like take me, put me in the hot yoga class, like flexibility and that's it prevents injuries and helps you with the good hips so are you more flexible now oh yeah for sure you like how much more touch my toes pretty good now for, could you before no <laughs> i wasn't flexible at all like you can see if you go back and watch film even when i started playing corner i was so stiff i watched i look back i'm like dang <laughs> i don't know how quarterback didn't look at me and just throw it out there like <laughs> that's but, not good right if the quarterback sees you and then goes your way that yeah way. it's bad but some DBs like it. I, I, right now, I like it if they see me and like, oh, he's not a good DB and try to throw it at me because that's opportunities to make a play. Mm-hmm. But before, I was like, please don't throw it, please don't throw it. But it's good now. You found a knack, especially last year, of of recovering fumbles on punts and uh, and just scooping it. You had a scoop and score as well on defense. What is it about when the ball is in the open that that uh, I guess is good for you to be able to find it? To be honest, when I'm running down, I just think they're always going to drop it. Because punt, catching punts is hard. Like, I did it in high school. Like, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do, and I'm probably going to do it here. But it's like I always think they're going to drop the ball, so I don't slow down at all. Like, I don't break down and wait for them to catch it. I just keep going. And some of them panic and fumble the ball, and I'm right there. They feel that fumble energy coming from you, yeah, I think. For right? sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm like, hey, fumble, fumble, fumble. <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to. Do you say it out loud? Low key. The okay. DBC, the DBC hearing me next to him, I'm like, he's fumbling for sure. And <laughs> the, the only one that didn't drop a punt, um, and he did later against was Cal. He's like, I don't drop them. And he ended up dropping one. So I was like, so you know, I was talking big trash then. Okay. You mentioned uh, you're playing high school. You went to Northridge. Spencer went to Northridge. What is it that makes Northridge great in your opinion? 
with the knights, like, everyone needs a knight in their life. Knight in shiny armor, you feel me? That's what we live by. <laughs> I like uh, my copper as grizzlies, but let's not talk about my senior year when Northridge put up 70. Daniel Coates, I'm still mad about it. Anyway, tell us about the offensive side of the ball. Who's sticking out? Who looks good? All the receivers, they're all clicking good. And of course, our amazing O-line, they're doing their thing. We got a good line. They're they're doing their thing over there, O-line. Quarterbacks, Zach's doing good. Like, his shoulders look solid. He's throwing deep balls. Uh, Jaron's doing good. All the receivers are in motion. Like, everything's just good with the offense. Like, top to bottom, doesn't matter who's in. Do you feel like uh, when when you have the quarterback that's at least, uh, you know, equal to or better than the other quarterback on the other team, that's a good feeling. Do you feel like that's the case with Zach Wilson going into the season? Oh, yeah, he's better. Zach's, than everybody would be while you would play? Yeah. I feel like Zach's good. Like, that's, he's the man for sure. He can get the ball. He, got, he has a swagger and confidence for it too. So I have, we have faith in him and all of our quarterbacks, especially going down to Jaron. Like, we got faith in all of them. Okay. Well, we appreciate the time. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Stay healthy and enjoy fall camp. Yes, sir. Thank you. Dying Gawalaku, everybody needs a knight in shining armor in their lives. The BYU defense, they have one. Yeah. Straight out I, of North I really Beach. like Dian. I think he's one of the best ball hawks on the defense. He has a knack for finding the football and making plays. He's a guy that finds the end zone. He's scored uh, several defensive touchdowns. He creates turnovers. He's a good corner. I think he, he said, I like, I'm like i a better corner than safety. Yeah. So now, now it behooves uh, Malik Moore and Sawyer Powell at one spot and Austin Lee and Troy Warner, I would assume, at another spot to get that done. Um, you know, questions about some health in the secondary at this point, a little early, a little, it's always, uh, I guess, alarming if there are injuries this early in camp, whether it's uh, they're not recovered and ready or it happens when you don't even have pads on, right? So hopefully BYU can stay healthy and be ready to rock. Yes, here's to good health, always and forever. Absolutely, always and forever. Coming up, Brady Christensen gets another high grade from Pro Football Focus. Plus a rise and shout out. For a guy that Diane Gawolik would be proud of after what he pulled off against the L.A. Rams and Jared Goff over the weekend, this is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson and BYU cornerback Diane Gawoliku. The show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Fall camp practice number five continues today. Team in full pads now. Media availability with interviews and reactions on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page at around 8.15 Eastern. Brady Christensen, BYU offensive lineman, in at third for the highest graded offensive tackle for teams in independence, according to Pro Football Focus. They're like five teams, right? Received a 73.5 grade right behind Liberty's Tristan Schultz with 74.3. ESPN released its top 25 preseason college football power rankings. Cougar opponents Utah, number 13, Washington 14. Cougars in the NFL. According to Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. The Seahawks expect to have new pass rusher Ziggy Ansah ready to go for week one, Jerem. Let's go, baby. That was very much in question. Let's Great news. Let's go, baby. Ansah has been recovering from a shoulder injury last season. That sounds familiar. And signed a one-year deal with the Seahawks back in May. Guess who they play in week one, Spencer? Bengals. That's right. Volleyball. Bear Lake and Team USA Volleyball clinched their spot in the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games after beating Argentina, Bulgaria, and Kazakhstan. Very nice. In, in the Olympic qualifying tournament last week in Louisiana, Team USA sits behind China and Serbia in the world rankings at number three. Cougars in the PGA. I'm so glad this is the open for this now. 
Former Cougar Zach Blair earns his first win at the Corn Ferry Tours Ellie Mae Classic this weekend. War! Earning him five more years on the PGA Tour and a grand prize of 108000 He finished the tournament at 17 under. Back to you, Cousin Jethro. Cougars in the minors. Howdy! And in double-A, Colton Shaver hit a three-run home run in a 5-1 Corpus Christi Hooks win over the Midland Rockhounds. Since being called up, 11 homers in 31 games. If you want to see the home run, I retweeted it. It's a bomb. Jackson Clough, 4 for 9 with two runs batted in over the weekend for the Hagerstown Suns in single-A ball. Clough hitting 306 over his last 10 games. Today's rise and shout-outs now. I'm going to give it to a guy that's had a couple of notable interceptions in training camp for his NFL squad, Michael Davis. Who is stuck in the NFL as an undrafted free agent. Awesome. He is going to probably start for the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Who are a top eight team in the NFL. Like, they're really good, man. In a combined practice with the L.A. Rams, Davis most recently intercepted Jared Goff and had the highlight of the practice for the Chargers. So, yeah. well done, Michael Davis. Keep it up, brother. Remember when Nick Howe said he has NFL potential, and we were like, whoa, that's oh, quite yeah. the no, statement. Right. He's like, he's an NFL guy, I promise. Yeah. He called a shot, man. Mine goes out to Tim Shannon, not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, not an alum of BYU, but a guy who watches the show every day who is battling cancer. Tim, we're thinking about you. We really appreciate you watching and listening to the show. Hang in there, brother. Hashtag cancer sucks. Love you all out yes. there that are being affected by this Absolutely. awful disease in some way or another. Hang in there. But, uh, yeah, we really love you guys. And, and Tim's just just one of many. So we appreciate all that watch. And, again, all of you that uh, battle on through this cancer, you're inspiring to us. Our question of the day, based on offensive coordinator Jeff Grind's comments about Zach Wilson, are your expectations now higher for the BYU sophomore quarterback? Let's go to the Twitter machine. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports At Twiggy Stone in on Twitter. No, after the performance at the bowl game, I knew that Zach had a lot to offer. My hope is that he avoids further injury and is able to put up a solid season. Solid would be good. Yeah, BYU needs him to be good. He doesn't have to be like the Heisman Trophy winner per se, although that'd be nice. I don't think it's possible at a uh, non-power five. But he has to be better than he was as a freshman against tougher competition, right? Our elite voice of the day, bringing in all of the social media platforms, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Russ.Heaton answers on Instagram. Jeff Grimes said it all. There could be higher expectations for Zach Wilson because he has potential to win. Winning is the name of the game, Spencer. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, I ran out of time. Conversation good. They didn't did, play did it. We? Nice. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I'm glad they didn't play that uh, drop. Or <laughs> Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Shout out to Matt Bellini. Remember him? Got that first touchdown against Miami from Ty Demmer. <laughs> we'll see you tonight. Facebook Live. BYU Fall Camp Practice number 5. 8.15 Eastern. Go Cougs.